Hi there, and welcome to GMI, the Guitar and Music Institute podcast episode number 17. This episode is titled A Cautionary Tale for All Musicians. It's not an interview, it's going to be just myself, Jed Brocky, speaking to you about something that's happened to me very recently. I hope by telling you about this story that you will learn from my mistakes and ensure that it doesn't happen to you. Before I go into the tale, please come over to www.guitarmusicinstitute.com because any links that I talk about in this podcast will be put on the site. Of course, you may be listening to this on iTunes, so please come on over if you actually want to see more about this actual episode on the Guitar Music Institute website which is handily under podcasts. So everybody knows that making a living as a musician is at times difficult. The lack of work can be an issue and the lack of well-paid work can certainly make life difficult to actually pay the bills and to keep the wheels turning in terms of personal finance. So the tale or the story that I'm going to tell you today is about something that hasn't actually happened to me before up until two weeks ago. I've been lucky in my professional life. Uh, I've never actually had to deal with this scenario before, but I'm dealing with it now. And it's about being asked to play for a, a band that I didn't know and not actually get paid for the actual work that I did. I've played in many scenarios In fact, I think I've played in just about every single musical scenario bar playing on boats and playing in holiday camps. I've done concerts, I've worked with orchestras, I've done the whole range of corporate music work, I've done sessions, you name it, I've done it. And I've never actually been ripped off before and that's why I guess I'm so angry and upset about what happened to me because... Most musicians understand that it's a difficult way to make a living and what you need is to trust one another. Two weeks ago, I got a phone call out of the blue from a band who were coming up from England to play a wedding. Well, they had actually arrived up in Scotland. They were near Edinburgh. So they come up from London, actually. And this was a 10-piece band and the guitarist apparently didn't turn up. Now, I'm not going to say names. I'm not going to say the name of the band or the individuals involved because it just probably could lead to a whole lot more problems. Who knows? As much as I'd like to. But fundamentally, I was told by the saxophone player who initially made the call that there was a gig going and I would be paid £300. It was a, a wedding band. Now, I used to play in a wedding band. I did it for about 11 years, but it's been quite some time since uh, I've actually done that kind of work. So I asked them about the repertoire and they said it was all the usual stuff. And they told me, I asked them what I would have, what was the dress code? They told me that the location was about 20 miles away from where I stayed. So it wasn't too far away. And it was going to be £300. That's, I don't know, probably about $370 something like that, in cash at the end of the gig. So I said, give me 15 minutes. I just want to 
to check my equipment. I've got a VG88 soundboard, I checked that and it worked and I checked that the leads worked that went to it, that my uh, Yamaha Pacifica guitar, which I use for these types of gigs, was still working, did some alterations, tightened some nuts and bolts here and there. I thought, okay, so I then went back, I said, yes, I'll do the I'll do the gig, I'll be there. Basically, I had to get a whole bunch of clothes ready, uh, get a suit ready, uh, get shirts ironed, and then make sure I had all the equipment. I then went out and bought some fret clean, and I also bought an extra lead. So I'd spent about £20 on those two items, and then there was a petrol and going out to the gig. I got there about quarter to five on a beautiful sunny afternoon, and basically, as soon as I got there, we were up to play the first set. We played a total of four sets, two background sets, and then two sets where the whole band was playing for everybody in the actual audience at the wedding. In between that, we were taken to a nice part of the hotel, given a nice meal by the hotel, which was great. There was a costume change involved in all this, and played through the night. Managed to wing it on the Hello solo from Lionel Richie's song. Nailed that pretty good. And then another highlight was the Beat It solo, which having never played it before, I, I had a pretty good stab at it. Obviously got the riff. So everything went fine. It was a long gig. It didn't stop till one o'clock in the morning. At the end of the, the gig, the band leader came up and I said, OK, uh, were you happy? And he said he was really happy. I said, OK, I'll just get paid. And he said, I don't have any cash on me. So at this point, I'm thinking, you have got to be joking. He said, there just wasn't a cash machine where we were. Now, the interesting thing about this this uh, hotel setup, which is a sort of golf club, about 20 miles east of Edinburgh is that when we had our meal, we had been in the main hotel area, but we were actually playing at another part of in the grounds. And it would have needed me to get in the car and taken them down to this other main area where we had had our meal. But I didn't know if there was or wasn't a cash machine in that actual sort of main hotel area. There probably was, but I didn't know for a fact it was ten past one in the morning and he was very putting his hands together in the sort of Indian prayer thing. He says, I promise you it will be in your account, paid by bank transfer by Friday. So that's the following Friday. So that's, we're on the Saturday, so that's six days it will be in by Friday. And I looked at the person that had made the initial phone call, the sax player. He wasn't really saying anything, but then I thought, okay. It'll be in by Friday, that's fine. Foolishly, I said, okay, I think, dear listener, you know what's what's coming next. Friday came, of course, there was nothing in the account. Phoned him up, didn't get an answer, but I then texted him on my mobile, or as the Americans say, cell phone. He eventually got back saying it would be in on Friday evening. So it wasn't there then either. When I got up on Saturday, it wasn't in. So on the Sunday, I said, what's happening? So now we had, he hadn't paid me on the night like he said he would. He hadn't paid me on the Friday like he said at the gig. And then the text message said it would be in the following morning. It still wasn't there. 
So I sent him a text because I couldn't get him on the phone. He's now back in London. He's 450 miles away. And I said, what's going on? I don't want to know, basically, that it's in. Just tell me when it is in. Which he then responded that, of course, the money would be in by overnight on Sunday. Well, it wasn't. And since having talked to the original person who had given me the gig or who had phoned me up and then handed me over to this other character, this band leader, it turns out that he himself is owed a vast amount of money from this individual. And this man has a long, long history of not paying people. Apparently he lives his life so that he owns nothing. So there's nothing that can be taken from him. He's a late payer, he's a no payer, and he's had county court judgments and small claims courts actions taken against him. So basically, at this point in my story, I'm down £300 plus the petrol, plus the lead and the fret clean. And I may add, just to add insult to injury, that special MIDI cable, 13-pin MIDI cable that goes from the VG88 into my guitar, the special Roland connector on my guitar, I went and lost that. So I've had to buy a new one of those, and that's another £18. When it became apparent that I wasn't actually going to get paid, or it doesn't look like I'm going to get paid at this point, I was obviously angry and frustrated. I started doing some research online. Now, there are things here in Scotland and across the UK, although there's different jurisdictions between Scotland and England, so it may make life difficult, that I could take on this person to a small claims tribunal. The problem with that is that it's happened to him many times before, and even if the court finds in your favour, you then have to try to have that court order enforced. And that can cost money and time. So, what are the lessons that I've learned from this? Well, one lesson is, and I may, you may have a little laugh at my expense. For me, for some of you out there, you're probably thinking, of course you would want the money up front. In future, if I, and this has happened to me many times in my life when I've just had a call. It's usually happened from English bands coming up here and they need someone. Um, but in future, if that ever happens, I will want the money paid before I play a note. And I would advise you to do exactly the same. Now, that could be awkward, couldn't it? Or you may feel awkward. I certainly might feel awkward. But if you don't get the money before you go on, who's to say you're going to get the money after you've actually played the, the gig? The people who are hiring, you might say, well, we don't know how well you're going to play. But remember, it's you that's in the position of power. You're the one who have been, who's been asked. They're the ones that are desperate and need a body playing whatever it is, guitar, drums, bass, it doesn't really matter. You're the one that is actually in demand and you have the power. So in future, if you're ever offered a gig to play by a, a bunch of guys you don't know, for a certain amount of money, never ever say yes and not take the money beforehand. Because as the story unfolds, you'll find, like I have done, that there's 101 reasons why they can't pay you on the night. Now in this particular band's case, 
I know that they have been paid, but this particular gentleman seems to, and I use that word advisedly, gentleman, seems to live beyond his means. So the basic rule of thumb is always ensure that you get paid before you go on to play. Now the other thing I would say to you, and another trick they can pull on you, is that they don't tell you that they'll need an invoice before paying you. Now I forgot about this and he said I'll need an invoice which of course I sent to him and he has and so make sure that if you if there's no time because the time from me taking this this performance was it came in on a Saturday afternoon at two o'clock and I was there I got there at quarter to five and started playing at five finished at one o'clock in the morning so there was no time for contracts a contract would be it would have been a great idea, but within the realms of these sort of arrangements, it was just never going to happen. But make sure that if you do take one of these types of performance opportunities, you're paid before the gig and you have an invoice made out to the band leader or the actual name of the band or the business. So when you're on the phone, make sure you ask who should the invoice be made out to. You've got the money, you give them an invoice and you go on and you play as best you can. And do you know what? It doesn't matter if you can hardly play a note. If they're desperate and they've asked you to play for a set sum of money which you've agreed to, they are the ones that are the losers if you can't play your instrument at all. Now I did find out that if you are a member of the Musicians Union, they have a service, this is in the UK, they have a service in which they can chase up bad debt. I'm ashamed to say I haven't been in the union for about 30 years. Mainly because there was a time when it seemed to be you were paying a lot of money for a diary. And this that was at a time where the Musicians Union didn't even pay people here who were actually playing at union events. Um, but things have changed. What I need to find out is if they can retrospectively work for me to actually get that money back. Uh, so I, I'll join and they can, can they then go and look back at this case? I would think that if they said yes to that, I'd be quite amazed, but it's an option. Obviously, the other way of doing it is a small claims court. Now, there is some really good resources out there and obviously every country is different. CD Baby have a very good resource, Stift. Musicians, what do you do when you don't get paid? And if you live in America, there is also the American Federation for Musicians. It's better if we try and take this whole subject on, this whole area on, within a protective grouping rather than as individuals. Because it seems to me that the chances of me getting the feedback are very, very small. So this was a, a short podcast, but it's one where it's quite therapeutic for me to talk about it. And also, you can learn from my mistakes, which there were many in this whole thing. I didn't ask for the money up front. I accepted this man on his word, which is obviously worthless, and said I allowed him to pay me at a later date. I don't know where he lives. Now, it has gone across my, my mind because I found him on Facebook and I've seen his band on Facebook to really just to open up the 
gates of hell to him and shame him on social media, but I really think that probably is pointless for a number of reasons. It would allow him to get off the hook in a sense because he could say, this is the kind of individual, and then he could make things up. Oh, he didn't play the way we wanted him to, this, that, and the next thing. It also could be libelous. As soon as lawyers get pulled into a scenario, you better have deep pockets. On the other hand, I think that trying to warn people about this man who has a long track record of getting musicians to play for him and they are not being paid, I quite like the idea of stopping that. But I can't actually see how, after a flurry of insults traded over social media platforms, it will actually help the situation in any any great way. So that was my cautionary tale. If you've never been in this situation before, that you will have learned from it. If you have been in this situation before, I would love to hear your comments. The podcasts that I do for the Guitar Music Institute are really getting downloaded at a frighteningly fast rate. More and more and more people. But the one thing that I really would like is more engagement from you, the listener. So if you've had experiences of playing for people and not being paid, I'd love to hear in the comment section on the Guitar Music Institute website under this podcast. And I'd love to know if you got your fee paid eventually, what the outcome of your story is. And perhaps you have got advice from wherever you live in the world on how to deal with these sort of circumstances. Obviously, some people will be saying, just get, you know, a brick or a baseball bat or if you're in America or something like that and deal with the guy. But apart from that not really helping matters, I'm really looking for you to to help understand how to overcome this sort of thing. And just to find out how prevalent it is, it's never been harder to be a musician. There's musicians here in Edinburgh and across Scotland and the UK who have to pay to play. Okay, they're not professional musicians, but I think it's a terrible state of affairs. But it's even worse when you're playing as a professional player and you're not getting paid. Finally, on my little uh, gig two Saturdays ago, the interesting thing about it was I was phoned up on the day of the gig and thought I was an outsider and yet in chatting to the other guys in the band seven out of ten of the people in the band had been picked up within two or three days of the actual gig happening I found this incredible on a number of levels the band played great everybody had a great time the people who were the father of the bride who was getting married would definitely have been paying a lot of money for this event and it's just funny to think that all of the band virtually didn't know each other and yet we put on a great show and he might have been a little bemused at the fee he was paying if he knew that this band was actually just a pickup band which is fundamentally what it was okay well that's the end of the podcast a short little podcast my little bit of therapy I hope uh, I didn't bore you. If I did bore you, then you won't be actually listening at this point. If you have any comments, as I said earlier, please come on over to the Guitar Music Institute. That's www.guitarmusicinstitute.com. Please subscribe if you're listening on iTunes and please leave some comments. 
you know, it'd be great to have some comments on iTunes saying how wonderful this podcast is. <laughs> and if you have something to share about your experiences, I really would appreciate it if you can come to this podcast on the Guitar Music Institute website and leave your comments and get a little debate going, see where it can lead us. So the next podcast from me, Jed Brocky, will be a lot different. So, and hopefully a lot happier, and I'm sure it will be. Got some great guests lined up. Really looking forward to interviewing some amazing people in the very near future. So until I speak to you again, thanks a lot for listening. Bye for now.